by Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about Chapter 11 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The The Firebolt. Okay, so let's start, as always, with the first sentence. Uh, Harry didn't have a very clear idea of how he had managed to get back in the Honeyduke cellar, through the tunnel, and into the castle once more. Harry wondered why- He didn't have a- What? Well, he was, like, so frustrated and angry that he was like, oh, I just- I'm just- Yeah, basically. Uh, Harry wondered why no one had ever mentioned that his parents' best friend had betrayed them. And I don't know the why they didn't. There's yeah. no logical reason as to why they didn't. Um, yeah. So when they got back to their dormitory after dinner, Harry headed straight to bed so that nobody would talk to him. He searched for the leather photo album that Hagrid had given him and sat down, looking through the pages. Harry flipped to a photo from his parents' wedding and spotted Sirius, their best man. He wondered if Sirius had been planning their deaths. Hmm. Which like what a wonderful wedding. I don't know that How should I kill James? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the best way to go about that. <laughs> I had to get a drink of water. <laughs> uh he put the book away and got in bed, making sure the hangings were closed. The hangings. I mean the curtains around yes. his, his bed. Yes. Ron came in and Harry's and said Harry's name, but he pretended to be asleep. Harry was full of hate and imagined Sirius Black blasting Peter Pettigrew, who resembled Neville Longbottom, <laughs> which actually kind of goes along with, so do you remember that Super Colin Brothers video we watched about how, like, Luna is Snape, basically? Like, it translates the older group to the newer group, so Harry is James, Okay. Remus is yes. Hermione, Sirius is Ron? I think so. Ginny is... Luna, Ginny is, sorry, Ginny is, Ginny is Lily, Luna is Snape, and Neville is Peter. Remus is Percy. No, no, Remus is Hermione. Oh. So. Hermione? I guess that kind of plays along with that. Uh, he kind of looks like Neville Longbottom. Uh, Harry hadn't fallen asleep until daybreak, and when he woke up and got down to the common room, the only people there were Ron and Hermione. It was the first day of holidays and nearly lunchtime. Harry sat in a chair near the fire, and Hermione said that Harry shouldn't be do shouldn't do anything stupid like go after Sirius Black. It would be so much fun to have the whole common room to myself and my friends. Yeah, because everyone else is gone. Well, I just think it'd be kind of boring. What do you? What would you do? I don't know. Like I would sit with knives, run with scissors, <laughs> <laughs> because no one's supervising. Um, I would do that when you're not being supervised. No, don't please. I would um eat a lot of sweets <laughs> trying to think of like that's immediately what comes no to but mind. like if my like, i don't know i would just do what i normally would do in my common room but it would just be a lot better because i'm the only person there. epic pranks on my, <laughs> epic pranks like what i'd go to their beds or whatever and i'd change the sheets i'd put their blanket as their sheets and their sheets as their blanket <laughs> I turned their pillow covers inside out, and then, and then I'd uh, turn their, their <laughs> drapes upside down and backwards. No, no, I think that I think you you were onto something with the like <laughs> the sheets being on top of the bed cover. <laughs> but yeah, then flip the. Uh, you should put. What if you put the pillow cover inside of the pillow along with the stuffing? And now, or you could just turn it inside out, right, and then put that over the pillow. 
put the sheets over the yes. blankets. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be great. Um, I would just do what I would normally do. Just it would be more fun to be like basically alone with the com in the um. common room with my friends. Harry asked them if they knew what he heard every time he got he gets near Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Every time I go near him, I hear the voice. Do you know what I hear every time I go near Dumbledore? I hear my dead mom. Yeah. So every time he gets near Dumbledore's a real villain of the series. Every time Dumbledore is Voldemort secretly. He is. Every time uh, he gets near Dementor, he hears his parents screaming and pleading with Voldemort. <laughs> Hermione said that there was nothing he could do, and Ron asked if Harry wanted to kill Black or something. Harry said that Malfoy knew what had happened, and that he had said if he were Harry, then he would have he would hunt Black down. Harry's thoughts during this chapter are steering down this dark road Very dark. Of, very, of murder and, like payback and revenge and it's like okay harry you're 13 years old what are you doing ron asked if he was going to take draco's advice over theirs and that malfoy would like to see harry blown to pieces just like pettigrew i spelt pettigrew wrong in that part not terribly wrong but you know wrong all the same Uh hermione started to cry asking harry to be sensible and that he would be playing into black's hands if he were if he went looking for him I certainly would not go looking for Sirius I would not Black. go looking for a murderer. That just doesn't even make sense to me. And how does Harry plan to kill Sirius if he, like, knows, like, first-level spells? I you know. know. It's not like he knows any of the unforgivable curses yet or could even properly perform one. Yes, yeah, so Sirius Black would probably kill him. He certainly would kill him. What if you perform a Vada Kedavra, but you're, like, Pointing in the opposite direction. Would it just kill someone randomly in that direction? Uh, I just think, well, you know how you shoot, you say autocadaver, and like some people do, like mm-hmm. in like the movies and books and stuff. If yeah. it misses, it doesn't kill anybody. Oh, okay, yeah. It's really not clarified in the books, like if a spell can miss. Like I can understand if you say Alohomora and your back is towards the lock. That, I guess that makes yes. sense. But if you're saying Avada Kedavra and you're pointing your wand a little bit to the right of someone, it's never really clarified yeah. if that's going to work or not. Like, maybe there's aimbot on your wand, and it's just, <laughs> like, close enough. <laughs> uh, um, you Ron, know, we're we're going to take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's good enough for us. We're just going to have this kill him. <laughs> we're just going to... Ron tried to change the subject, saying that they should go and visit Hagrid because they hadn't seen him for ages. Though Hermione protested, Harry agreed and said that he could ask Hagrid how come he never mentioned Black when he told him about his parents. The trio got their cloaks and headed down to Hagrid's hut, and Ron knocked on the door, but there was no answer. He pressed his ear to the door and heard a loud noise. Harry called Hagrid's name and he opened the door, his face red and tears splashing down his face. Uh, like, Hagrid's just like, if you knock enough times, I'll open the door. But the first time, <laughs> yes. I ignore. Um, what if, it, do you think Draco ever visited Hagrid? I know that would be kind of random, but do you think he ever did? No. Just for fun? To make fun of him? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Hagrid, you're so big. <laughs> and then he just, and then he would just run away. in his window. No, that would be so, that's it like. Would. Imagine if he opened the door and he was like, Hagrid, you're so big that I don't like you. And then he just <laughs> ran away. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Um, they all entered the cabin and Hagrid pointed them to an official looking letter that was on the table. 
Now we'll read the letter, but it's kind of long, so we will, like, give our thoughts in between the letter. Dear Mr. Haggard, further to our inquiry, ugh, I cannot talk. I don't think I can. I don't know. Further into, to, <laughs> further to our inquiry into the attack by a hippogriff on a student in your class, we have accepted the assurances of Professor Dumbledore that you bear no responsibility for the regrettable incident. However, we must register our concern about the hippogriff in question. We have decided to uphold the official complaint of Mr. Lucius Malfoy, and this matter will therefore be taken to the Committee for the Disposal of Dangerous Creatures. The hearing will take place on April 20th, and we ask you to present yourself and your hippogriff at the Committee's offices in London on that date. In the meantime, the hippogriff should be tethered and isolated. Um, we always say Lucius differently. <laughs> Look, Lucius. We, we, we say Lucius, we say Lucius, and we say Lucius. I don't know which one I like I better. Lucius. I don't know which one I like better. I need to know what other people say. Because I, in the movies, they say Lucius. But I've seen other movies where people have that name and they say Lucius. Yeah. Like in The Incredibles. The mate, the guy of Frozone, his name is Lucius and yeah. they call him Lucius. So it's like, is there like a British way to say this name? Yeah. Or, um, you know what we should have? We, we should just type it in. We should have Google Translator yeah. say it. Okay, Google Trans. Google do I know how? Uh, yeah, translate. Uh, there we okay. go. We're going to go English to a language. What am I saying? English to English. Uh, where's English? Where's English, yeah. Okay. Lucius. Wait, you can just do the, the sound. Yeah. Oh, we turn it up. We have our volume down. Lucius. We're going to play one more time in case you guys can hear that. Okay, so it's Lucius. Wait. But I don't know which one I want to say. I don't know. Because in the movies, they completely contradict what Google Translate just said. Mm -hmm. So, uh, on to the next part, I suppose. <laughs> Buckbeak was in the corner, lying on the floor, chomping on something that was bleeding all, all over the floor. What? <laughs> what was he eating? A ferret? Like, why couldn't Hagrid just give him, like, a slab of meat that wasn't bloody? <laughs> oh, I thought you said, I thought you, you said, um, slap him with me. <laughs> <laughs> was in the corner and Haggard was slapping him with a piece of Harry <laughs> Potter money enter and sees a horror of Haggard slapping Buckbeak <laughs> with a piece of meat. A bloody meat. The oh bloody piece gosh. of meat. That's terrifying. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. He went, Buckbeak was in the corner eating something that was bleeding all over. <laughs> That's so much better. Yeah. Hermione said that Hagrid would have to put up a strong defense and that she was sure that she could prove Buckbeak is safe. Hermione, like, like you're a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, Hagrid said that it wouldn't make a difference because they were all in Lucius's Malfoy's, <laughs> Lucius's Malfoy's pocket <laughs> Lucius's anyway. Lucius's Malfoy. Yeah. Hagrid promised, or Hermione promised, that she and ha Harry and Ron would help him. Hagrid told them that he hadn't been himself lately because he was worried about Buckbeak and that no one likes his classes. Hermione said that they did like them, and Ron asked how the flabberworms were. <laughs> Hagrid said that they were dead because they needed too much lettuce. Hagrid said they were dead because he slept them with a piece of bloody Hey, uh, Hagrid, how are the flower were Oh, they're dead. <laughs> I fed I them, them way too much lettuce. <laughs> they just imploded. <laughs> uh, 
Hagrid said that he had thought of just letting Buckbeak go and make him fly away, but he was scared of breaking the law. The day after their visit with Hagrid, the trio went to the library and returned to the common room with books that might help them prepare for their defense for Buckbeak. Wait, why doesn't Hagrid just untie Buckbeak and let him go? Like, well, Hagrid, because say, it, could, Hagrid could just literally say, uh, escape. That's true, but he he doesn't but he doesn't know how he's gonna explain. I didn't put this in the notes, but he doesn't know how he's gonna explain to like to Buckbeak like, hey, you need to that's true get away from this place, even though I'm your caretaker. Yeah, which which one did I leave off on? Um, uh, I think today. I, this one. Uh, okay, so the day after their visit with Hagrid, the trio went to the library and returned to the common room with books that might help them prepare for their defense for Buckbeak. They sat in front of the fire, turning through the pages of the books, speaking occasionally when they found something relevant. They said that there was a case in 1722, but the hippogriff was convicted in the end, and then a manticore was let go, but they, but as they read it, it was only because everyone was too scared to go near it. So on Christmas morning, Ron woke up Harry, and then oh, they opened up their presents. Um, Ron and Harry opened up theirs for Miss Weasley, which both had scarlet and maroon squatters, and maroon squatter. Sweaters. Sweaters. Cake, pies, and nut brittle. Why does he call them sweaters? They're for the, they're for the cold, um, but you sweat. No. You know, Sweating are you saying a what, who came up with this name? Because yes. Well, why is the name? Why is it called that? I, I have no idea. I thought you were going to say, why is this like style of clothing called a sweater? Oh. No, yeah, so, I don't know. Ron and Harry appear from- Hold on, really quickly. Do you think you would enjoy that Christmas present? A scarlet and maroon sweater, a cake, a pie, and a nut brittle. First of all, she's sending cakes in the mail. Like, just yeah, cakes. Yeah, a Christmas cake and, like, ten or twelve. We don't normally have Christmas cakes. Pies. I guess if it's, like, a pound cake, we always have pound cakes, but, like, just basically set out for Christmas dessert and stuff. I like it. I think that would be a good, especially if it's, like, like, Harry doesn't get presents, so this is, like, the most amazing present he's ever received. Yeah, so Harry noticed the long, thin package. <coughs> He opened up it up, and inside was the firebolt. The broom he had looked at in Diagon Alley. They checked for a card, but there was no card or something saying who had sent it to him. Ron asked who would spend that much money on Harry and thought it could have been Dumbledore. Harry said that Dumbledore wouldn't spend that much amount of money on Harry. Oh my gosh, imagine, imagine if Dumbledore had done that. Like, that's so playing yeah. favorites. So Ron said that, uh, then Ron, okay, so Ron said that Dumbledore probably hadn't put the tag on because Malfoy would have said that it was favoritism. Um, you know, that, I think any logical person would have said that was favoritism, not just Malfoy. Yeah. Like, okay, first, Malfoy is jealous of Harry. That's just common knowledge, right? Yes, but I'd be mad if, like, my principal gave one, only one of the students, not just something super expensive. Yeah, it's just, it's weird that one teacher is, like, focusing on one student to give them something, and then something so expensive at that. And, and like, it's he's the headmaster. It's not like Flitwick is giving the head boy who's in Ravenclaw, an, a, you know, like, a nice pen or something. Yeah, if I was my boy, I would have been mad. <laughs> That, it's kind of over the top. If it had been Dumbledore. If it had been Dumbledore. Yeah. So, um, then Ron realized that Malfoy was going to have to see Harry with the broom. So, Ron then Oof. thought that it was Lupin who set the broom because he liked him and Lupin was away during the match and realized that Harry had probably... Okay, had yeah. I know it's in your next note, but I was thinking this before this. If Lupin had enough money to buy a firebolt, he would have bought new robes by now. Like, I don't think you have to worry about it being from Lupin. Yes. 
so Harry told him that if Lupin had enough money for for it, then he would have spent it on robes, and asked what Ron meant by away. Ron said that Lupin wasn't even in the hospital wing during the match, even though he said he was ill. Just then, Hermione came in with Crookshanks and saw the room and asked who gave it to Harry. He said that there was no card, so Hermione said that it was a bit strange, but Ron ignored her and asked if he could ride it. I would I would probably not be skeptical. I'd just be like, great, Firebolt, ride yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> give, give. Give, Firebolt, now. I want ride. <laughs> right. Hermione said that nobody should ride it yet, just as Crookshanks left at Ron and Skybridge ran away. Just then, the sneaker soap started to flash around while Crookshanks hissed at it. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yes. Uh, Ron told Hermione to get Crookshanks out of there, and she left. Ron clutched Scabbers, and Harry knew that Scabbers was probably at the end of his life. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Especially, like, Ron doesn't like to admit that he loves his rat, but he really does. Because Scabbers has been with him, like, for a long time. Even if they're not- and, like, he sleeps in his bed, so- <laughs> They headed down to the lunch where the only where the only a single table was in the center of the great hall, uh, where the teachers sat and the other students who stayed behind for the holidays were. I can't believe that that few of students sat down like stayed for the holidays. I think I may have stayed. I would have stayed maybe once for the holidays. I probably wouldn't. I know that my family wouldn't want me to, but imagine like just one holiday staying at school with all of your friends I mean, in the true. Hufflepuff common room. That would just be the funnest. Yeah, thing. but your friends would go to go back home. But like, imagine if you just you were like, okay, friends, for our seventh year, our year at Hogwarts, we're all gonna stay. We're just all gonna stay for Christmas. You got you can go home for the other holidays. What what other holidays do you go home for? Spring? Is there spring? Or something i don't know there's something else that they go home for i'm certain there's something else so i think that like you can just stay home for one of them or stay at hogwarts i mean yeah so um we sat down and professor trolling came to sit down before she sat down she said that if she sat down then there would be 13 people at the table and that the first to stand would be the first to die you know 13 I don't see why that's an unlucky number. What even made that an unlucky number? I don't really know. I was born on the 13th, so there. The devil. I am, I am, I mean, I don't think that's, like, makes, you know, a difference. It's not really, like, yeah. So, um, Dumbledore convinced her to sit down, and she did. Dumbledore explained that Lupin was ill again, and Minerva said that Trelawney probably didn't predict that. (laughs) Minerva, maybe that were, like, Maybe they were, like, not friendly in school or something. Maybe, like, they were com- constantly competing or maybe... I don't know. I see Trelawney as kind of like a Luna. Like, not, like, necessarily with Luna's traits, but just kind of out of place. What what house was she in? She was in Ravenclaw, right? Yes. Let's, let's just make sure. House. She was in Ravenclaw, I'm pretty sure. Is it even going to tell us? Is it? Is it? It's not. Why can't... What house is Trelawney? Uh, Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, yeah, okay, okay. Ravenclaw, here we go. So, um, Trelawney said that she didn't re- reveal everything that she knows to not to, to not make people wor- worried. Minerva said that that explains a lot, and Snape <laughs> and Dumbledore asked Snape uh, if he made the potion for Lupin. They ate, and eventually, uh, well, so Snape said yes, and they ate, and eventually Ron Harry got up and left. Trelawney asked uh, who got up first, but Ron said that they didn't know. And just spoiler alert, I think this is a foreshadowing to book seven when Harry, you know, dies and comes back to mm-hmm. life. Wait, but are we counting 
uh, spoilers, let's just, yeah, spoilers, um, is this, like, uh, kind of, you know, is this, is, are we, are we counting Peter as a person at the table? Because if we are, then there were already 13 people, and Peter, Peter was the first to die. At that table, who, who was at, who was at the table in Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban? Wait, when does he die? He dies in Malfoy Manor. He chokes himself. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So. I think it's doing, like, Ronstead up. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. So, Scabbers, I think, was in Ron's pocket. And so, he already had, there were already 13 people at the table before yes. Trelawney sat down. So, the first person to stand up was Ron, but technically, Scabbers was in his pocket, making him the first to stand up. Yeah. So, Peter Pettigrew died first because of his hand. They should have put that in the movie. Okay, so, um, Hermione's, Harry's, Hermione stayed back to talk with Minerva. Okay, I... I put in my nose that Hermione stayed back behind to talk. I would talk with Minerva. I would immediately be suspicious of Hermione. I know. Yeah, like I would just immediately just be like, "Dude, are you? You know, what are you gonna talk about?" So they went back to uh, the common room and admired the fire bowl as Minerva came back in with Hermione. She asked if there was a not uh if a, there was not a note or a oh. card saying who set the broom and Harry said no. So Minerva said that she had to take it from Imagine her. the devastation. Like, I know. I just got this amazing broomstick, and you are going to take it away from me. Yes, that's like, for me, that'd be like receiving a PlayStation 5, but there's no card, and my mom says, okay, I'm going to keep this for now. She puts <laughs> a bomb on it. Yeah, like, that's just, I don't know. So, Harry asked why, and she said that it needed to be checked for jinxes. She took the broom and walked away as Harry asked Hermione why she told Minerva. Because I thought... I think this Sarah McGonagall agrees with me that the broom was probably sent by Sirius Black to Harry by Sirius Black to Harry. So that was the last sentence. There are no movie gifts, sadly, today. I am not even. I. It's not like I'm just saying this because I didn't check. There were no movie gifts for this part of the chapter. So because basically this chapter is completely cut out of the movie. Yes. So we'll just we'll we'll move on to our uh, Hogsmeade journal. <laughs> Okay, so our one piece of news today is we found this article basically saying Rupert Grimm reveals the one thing that would make him return to the Harry Potter franchise. I think this is about the Cursed Child thing, but I'm I'm fairly certain Emma yes. Watson already said no. So, uh, we'll just go through the important part. So, Rupert Grimm would step back into Ron Weasley's shoes under this one condition. Um, Vaughn, help me find the parts where it like says. Here, you can read that quote. I think going back would be... I can't really imagine it, he confessed, but I mean, never say never. It would only be if everybody else wants to do the same. But yeah, no, I think just leave it. Yeah, so he's saying, like, mm, you know, get let's just not go back and let's not, let's not do this. Um, yeah. So, that's basically it. That, that is basically the entire article. Um, so basically they're gonna... So, Rupert Grint saying, I'm only going to go back if everyone else goes back. Yes. Emma Watson has said no. I'm, let's, I'm going to make 100% sure, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that Emma Watson has already said no. Um, and I think that, I think, um, Daniel Radcliffe is going to say no too. 
Yeah. Because he, he wants just, to separate himself from the franchise. Yeah. Like, he just, he doesn't really do panels anymore at, like, leafy con. None of the, none of the three main characters do. I know that, uh, when, when Leaky Con was still happening, they were gonna have the guy who plays Seamus Finnegan uh-huh. go there, and I think Ivana Lynch, who plays Luna Lovegood, was going, but no one of, like, the, like, I don't want to say A-list cast, because I don't think Rupert Grant and Daniel Radcliffe and even Emma Watson are A-list actors right now, but... Emma Watson isn't? Or Daniel Radcliffe isn't? I don't know. Like, Rupert Grant doesn't really do anything anymore. I think he's in, like, one TV show right now. But I don't think let's look this up. I know Daniel Radcliffe's in Is Daniel Radcliffe a A list? Um, okay. He's a bait B list. Okay, what about Emma Watson? Uh yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna guess B list. I'm gonna guess A list. I don't think she's won an Oscar. Um let's uh oh, it's not gonna tell us. I think it says like She's never been a popular star in Hollywood and isn't someone who makes headlines very often. So I think that I would assume that that would make her a B-list. Yeah, so basically, uh, if you, in case you don't know, A-list actors are, like, the big the best. name. Like, um, Maggie Smith is A-list. Um, who else? Who else is in the Harry Potter franchise that is an A-list? Um, Alan Rickman was an A-list. You know, all those people. So... Yeah, that's basically it. I don't really want the Chris Child movie to happen, but I think it's going to because these people are going to suck as much money as they possibly can out of the Harry Potter franchise. So yeah, we'll just move on to our Unpopular Opinions Part 2 analysis. So let's get down to that. Yeah, so um, basically, if you guys weren't here last time, go listen to that first. But we're going to be going over some of the most unpopular opinions in Harry Potter and concluding with a couple of our own. And so these are mostly what I got from websites, and we'll just talk about if we agree with them, if we don't, and we'll read a short description about each. So um, this is 12. In case you listen to the, the first one, we did 1 through 11. So this is 12. Harry deserved his detentions in Order of the Phoenix, but not the abuse of punishment. While, Umbr- while Umbridge was a despicable human and her abuse of children was re- repre- reprehensible, Harry deserved every detention he was given in Order of the Phoenix. He mouthed off in class, even after being warned time and time again by teachers and friends that he was only hurting his cause. Yes, her teaching was trash, and she was a horrible person, but she was the teacher, and in her classroom, she was the boss. Yes. I don't know how to feel about this one, because at the same time, like, she was a bad person. So, yeah, like, do you think McGonagall would have done the same thing? Like, McGonagall being a good teacher. Like, what would McGonagall have to say about all of these detentions? Because I know that she thinks he deserves them kind of in the book. But what do you think she would have to say about, like, if she had seen the circumstance? I think she probably would have sent him to to detention. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this one. I'm kind of going to be in the the middle. Uh, Vaughn, you read the description for this one. So, 13, Harry and Ginny's relationship was unbelievable. I think this this one's about the, the, the movies. Yes. So, we never got any romantic tension between Harry and Ginny. The movie, the movie seemed to rely on the hope that the people who were watching the movies also had read the books and would be able to fill the gaps themselves. Hagrid did more for him. Oh, no, oh, no, you're yeah, skipping. Sorry. I don't know who I... I recently talked to someone who was saying that they liked Harry and Ginny. Oh. I 
it was in the it was when we were recording with the other <laughs> the podcast the, the the department of ministries so the mysteries so they all have different opinions about harry and Ginny. i personally don't think harry and Ginny should have ended up together but i know a lot of people do yes what do you, do you think they should have or shouldn't uh i think yeah it wasn't believable. i think they harry should have just ended up with someone we up. didn't know you know, or maybe just like a really side character, like gosh, not Ginny. Or maybe he should have ended up with Parvati. <laughs> yeah, maybe I guess. Okay, so uh, fourteen. Hagrid did more for Harry than Sirius Black did. Sirius got all of the credit for being Harry's only parental figure, when really it was Hagrid who was the only consistent parental figure in this in his life. The difference was that Sirius acted similarly to how a stereotypical father figure would, which earned him all of the credit. Meanwhile, Hagrid took on a more maternal role, which got him less credit. Also, Sirius was always more very selfishly motivated, and very rarely had Harry's best interests at all. I disagree. I think one of the only reasons they're saying this is because Hag- because Sirius has been in prison for th- the th- mm. first three books. So he didn't get the chance to be with Harry for his entire life. Yeah. Although there are some parts where I kind of get annoyed with Sirius, like, um, in book five, I think it, which book, yeah, it's book five because Sirius has to be still alive, when, um, he's, he's arguing with Severus, do you remember that part? Uh, and Harry has to kind of get in the middle because they draw their wands. That makes me upset because Sirius is, like, bringing old conflicts into the mix, but yeah, sure, I think that Haggard maybe did more for Harry, but I, I don't think Sirius Black I think Sirius Black gets as much credit as he deserves. Yes. And Haggard maybe deserves a little bit more credit, but I think Sirius Black was more of, like, a father, and Haggard was more of, like, a friend. You know what I mean? A good um, role model, maybe. But Sirius Black also kind of, like, kind of treated him like like a brother or, like, a best friend. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't know. I guess maybe I don't agree with this one. Maybe I do. Uh, 15. You can read this one. Voldemort has- No, 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 this one. Oh, so Harry should not have lived past the final battle. Harry Potter should have died in the end as well as Voldemort. Put an end to the epic series. I don't- I don't necessarily agree. Maybe I do agree. Maybe I do agree. Because if- if- if Harry had died, Cursed Child never would have happened. That's true. But at the same time, I despise- I don't want to use the word hate. I despise books that have the main character die. It really ups- it just frustrates me. Like, I don't wanna- I don't wanna use the series as an example because then I would be totally giving it away, so I'm not even gonna name drop what series it is. But there's a series where the main character dies! Oh, you're talking about this all- you talk about- you used to talk about that all the time. Yeah. Uh, so we don't need to, we don't need a name drop on the podcast, though, because I don't want people who are reading it to be like, this is a Harry Potter podcast, what are you doing spoiling other series? But, like, yeah. the main character dies, and the and the POV, basically, and she, my goodness, what upsets me is the book is from her perspective. So it's like, you killed off the character whose book, like, it's her story, and she's telling it, and you killed her. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. So I think... I guess maybe it would have been better because Harry was, like, not, it wasn't from his perspective, it was from uh-huh. the narrator's perspective, yes. but I like that he lived, I don't think I, I think it would have been sad if he died, let's put it that way, it would have been really sad. It would have been sad. But I think I like that he lived. 16. Voldemort actually had the saddest backstory. 
The saddest character in the whole series was Voldemort. After reading The Half-Blood Prince, his backstory broke my heart and I understood his hatred. His actions were inexcusable and heinous, but I think they were rooted in hurt and tragedy more than pure evil. Yeah. I agree. His backstory is really sad. He's kind of forced to believe, like, I have these powers and I'm bad because of it. And he shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have been bad. His actions... Yes, we're innocent. Unforgivable. Yeah. But it's still a sad backstory. I'm yeah, like, guy. like, it's, it's, like, it's difficult because he was brought up in this orphanage, basically, because people didn't want him. Yeah. His parents didn't want him. And, well, that's at least what he's led to believe, because he doesn't know the true backstory. Yeah, and, he was, he was kind of, he was kind of bullied there. Yeah, and then, like, he's also... He's doing these things, and he's led to believe, like, this is supernatural, I shouldn't be able to do this, and then when Dumbledore comes around, it's kind of too late to be like, hey, you're okay, but it's kind of too late at that point. Yeah, because at that point, people were scared of him, afraid of him, they didn't want to be around him, and then, then, but before that, people just hated him. But the worst, I think that what, what really kind of hyped everything up was him being in Slytherin. Which Slytherin isn't bad, but let, I'm talking about books, Slytherin. So he ends up in Slytherin, and he's basically fueled by all of these other people who are kind of like rich, pompous, pure-blooded wizards yeah. who think that's the best quality. And he's like, I'm not a pure-blood, but I, I believe what they believe, basically, because I'm taught what they believe. Um, and then he, you know, kind of is like, um and like fueled by that and then yeah. i think maybe slughorn had a bit to do with it by putting him in the slug club um because the slug club is yes. meant to have like the most prestigious members of the school mm-hmm. so him being in the slug club is kind of like i'm validating basically you being evil uh and like having all of these like pure blood is better intentions and stuff yeah. like that and then i mean obviously everything he did afterwards was super bad and making horcruxes was terrible but you know, that's, I think that it, he does have a sad backstory. I don't think it's the saddest. Remus Lupin had a pretty sad backstory, but, uh, I think it's pretty sad. Uh, Vaughn, you can, you can read the, the last one. Or, not the last one, but the next one. Oh, I think Luna was a pretty sad backstory. I don't know. Luna, Luna, to me, isn't that sad because she was okay with it. She was just kind of like, not not to say that she was okay I mean, with her I know mom she, dying, but yeah, she was kind of like her mom was in a workshop and she was there with her. But she was Luna was just kind of like you know my mom died and I was sad but I got over it you know. Whereas everyone else is like my mom died and it very much influences my 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 current choices you know. Uh huh. So the finale of the series was anticlimactic. The final face off with Voldemort was both over the top with all the flying around. As well as underwhelming with Voldy turning into grave cornflakes and blowing away. <laughs> Expected the poem's ending to be exciting, just like the core of the book. It wasn't. And breaking the last book into two films was nothing but a cash I bag. very much disagree. Because, first of all, I think the last movie was epic. It was so much fun to see the final battle. Snape's death is so, like, tragic in the movie. What do you think? What do you think? I liked it. Yeah. And I think that splitting it into two movies was a good idea. I know that, like, there's, like, so much you have to fit into just one movie. And they were both, like, two and a half hours. Yeah, and I know that, like, all of these different movie, like, fandom franchise movies had been doing that. But it was a smart move on their part because the first film focused on 
um, like the first film folk. Okay, so let me use The Hunger Games as an example. A lot of people think the part one and part two was unnecessary because part one is basically just them in District 13 just yeah. doing their normal life, whereas like part two was just a big battle. But I think that with um, the part, part one of Harry Potter, it was very important to have part one because it was like, this is their battle for the Horcruxes, and number two was like, this is their battle for the Horcruxes, but they're also battling for the school. And even if it was a cash grab, it was everything a nice does cash that. grab. Every 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 franchise yeah. does that. It's all for the money. That otherwise they wouldn't do it. Yeah, they wouldn't be making this if they thought it was gonna flop. So, and I think it was it was good. So, eighteen. The movies are better than the books. I know they removed things that were in the books, changed some plots, blah blah blah. But when you take the books on their own and the movies on their own, the movies are just I like better. That. I like that. You think the movies are better? Yeah. What is wrong with you? What? I think the movies are very good. I'm not one of those people that's like, the movies are garbage. The movies are really good. I like them a lot. But I think that, for me, reading a book is so much more fulfilling than watching a movie. And then at the same time, it's like, the books are more detailed, and I feel like I get... I feel like I get to know the characters better yeah. from reading the books. So I can see both sides, but I like the books better. But I'm okay if you like the movies better, I guess. Um, you can read the books, too. Four was a completely two-dimensional character. True. Um, here's my problem with this one. I think that, yeah, in number four, she was a two-dimensional, two-dimensional character. But then in number six and seven, we really get to see more of her true self. Like, she was willing to marry Bill, even yes. though he his face was messed up, you know? Yeah. And his face was messed up. Like, it was a big scar. So, she was willing to marry him, even though, yeah. and that. And then she was also willing to help out with the cause, like, well, like letting Harry and all of yeah. them stay in her cottage and taking care of them. And, like, if she's a completely two-dimensional character, I want to know what trait are you saying is her two dimension you know like she is a very rounded out character well i think in number four her her trait was just pretty yeah i think so too yeah but but it became so much more she became so much more than a two-dimensional character but in in number four i can see definitely saying that she was a two-dimensional yeah character. so just throughout number four she just seemed like the popular pretty high school girl yeah whatever. yeah like like and then Victor Crumb was obviously, like, the, the muscular, like, jock The kid, jock, yeah. yeah. And then Harry was just, hi, I'm Harry. Magic is so amazing. I love magic. <laughs> that was Harry in number four. Magic! I love magic. Okay. Number 18. Gryffindor is massively overrated. True. Um, I don't agree. I like, I'm, I, I. I know the last time I was like, oh gosh, you know, Hufflepuff isn't the best, Gryffindor is the best. I still love being in Hufflepuff House. I wouldn't trade being in Hufflepuff House for anything. But Gryffindor is still a really cool house. Because, think about it. You have a bunch of kids who like winning. A lot of kids who are brave, who are going to do anything for their friends and the people that they care anything. about. Anything. Basically any. Harry died for all of those people, so they're willing to do anything for the I people know, that they care about. I know, but it's not like other people don't do that from other houses. No, I know that they do, but you have a house filled with people who would do that. Like, in other houses, though, you might get one person who would do that. Um. So, I think that it's a good... It's a house with good values, 
And it's a house, like, with just, I think, a lot of cool people. Yeah. So, I don't think it's massively overrated. If you're in Gryffindor, you're awesome. If you're in basically any house, you're awesome. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm hiccuping. But Gryffindor is not massively overrated. All right, let's move on to our unpopular opinions. We can trade off. I have three. Vaughn has two. So, I'll go first. I wrote little things to go with mine, just like how we had read them, but... I'll start with my first one. None of the houses are underrated. I think that people just love to talk about huh, underrated their houses, but that's really all just talk. People from every house are recognized, and I think people should just focus on the good things about their house instead of how underrated it is. That's true. Because, like, if you listen to other Harry Potter podcasts, um, or, like, okay, I'll just name drop one. So, Fantastic Geeks and Where to Find Them, it ended in 2019. And they would get... Wait, they ended the podcast? Yeah, they ended it. Um, it, like, it went for two seasons. They were like, oh, we're gonna be back. And then they just didn't come back. So, they would, they would, like, read fan, like, messages and stuff. And, like, reviews on iTunes. But then they would go ahead and be like, oh, like, you know, a lot of the kids who would write in would be like... Or not just kids, not necessarily just kids. They would be like, oh, my house is so underrated. Like, you know. It's like... It's not, because you have a, no matter what, you have a bunch of cool, cool people in your yeah. house. Even Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw has Cho Chang, which no matter how you feel about her, she's still a cool person. Luna Lovegood is cool. Quirrell, I mean, <laughs> working for Voldemort, that is cool. That's awesome. Once um, in a lifetime opportunity. Kildare Lockhart, Flitwick. You have a lot of Ravenclaws that are cool, and I don't think you should be upset with your house. No matter what. You know, Hufflepuffs have cool people, too. So, d- you know what? Just just be okay with your house. It's not underrated. Vaughn, you can go on with your next one. Neville should have been the main character. And why? Because I just think Neville had so much potential for character growth that and you, you just, he had a lot more potential than Harry for character growth that he could have, he should have been the main character. I don't think he should have because, like, are we talking about Neville's character, or are you saying Neville Longbottom's name should have been the main character? No. So we're talking character. like we're talking like this is history, and Neville like, should have. Nev- been- Neville should have been the main character. So you're saying Neville and Harry should have switched places, basically. But I think Neville should have had friends like Harry and Ron. Like Here's Ron. the problem. Yeah. So you're saying he should have switched places with Harry and had all of Harry's. Oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But he kept his traits. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, so my opinion on that is that he shouldn't have been the main character, mainly because Neville doesn't show his true bravery until way too late in the books. He couldn't have dealed with anything that happened to Harry because he would have failed. (laughs) Let's be completely honest. He would have failed. I mean, but I think they could have changed that part a little because Harry Potter, he never fails. Yeah, he exceeds every. every but but that's but that's just that's mostly because of his personality and his quick thinking skills and all of that. And he has good friends who help him out. But Neville, let's be honest, if Neville had been in that room with the Philosopher's Stone, he never would have figured out to put his hand to the face and like burn it. You know, he never would have figured that out. So still, I mean, you can have your opinions, but I don't agree with that so, one. Uh, uh, I'll go on to my next one. Creature is a better character than Dobby. And this means, like, character, not, like, 
um their their personality is better but this is like character so like uh-huh. creature has a better arc okay. than dobby so i'm gonna read my description so i didn't actually come to this conclusion by myself i heard seamus gorman say this in a video and i realized that i really do agree Creature started off as a very mean house elf that just wanted to get his master back, but in the end, he helps the Golden Trio and becomes a better character with more of an arc than Dobby. I just think that Dobby, throughout the whole series, stays the same, you know what I mean? He's always this super friendly elf who's going to do whatever he needs to do for his master, who's Harry. Or not his master isn't Harry, but whoever helps him the most, right? Creature is like, he starts out as this really mean house elf who just wants to get back to his former, his former... Uh-huh. a master and like doesn't like serious thoughts but then he turns into this per- this character that's like sad and we see the inside of him and then we're like and then we're introduced to this character who wants to basically be redeemed and is going to help harry ron and hermione out i mean yeah but under command he only did that under command yeah but like remember when they gave him the necklace yeah he became kind of like nice he was like oh i get my necklace back you know hmm I don't know, I've read this book in a long time to completely reinforce this idea, but that's what I have for right now. Harry Potter is actually annoying. Explain. Because him and his friends, all the time, they're like, okay, well, Dumbledore's, so let's say, this is just an example. Yeah, yeah. Dumbledore's dead. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Are you more talking about harry ron and Her- harry and her sorry hermione and ron are annoying no but like all three of them basically oh uh, it's just like what they say it's like like what do you mean by that after you've stated it very clearly <laughs> yeah okay i can agree with that i can agree with that he's he can be annoying sometimes but i like harry i like harry all right i've got one more snape was good i had to do this i had to do this one you guys know that i like snape We're going to get way more into this when we have another episode about Snape, but for right now, I just want to say that even though other characters dealt with a lot more than Snape had to, some people are better equipped to deal with sadness than others. Snape regrets what he did, and even though he is mean to Harry, he is in no way abusive. Sorry, but that's just what I think. Like, he's not abusive. He doesn't physically harm the students. Like, sure, he's mean to his students, and that in no way is acceptable in a teacher. It's not. But... It's not as like a, he hurt them. As a person, he's not a bad person. He just has regrets, like everyone. And he just, he is having a hard time dealing with the sadness. And I don't yeah. think anyone seems to recognize that about him. Okay, so that is it for unpopular opinions analysis. You guys can send us any of your unpopular opinions um, by emailing them to insidehogwartspod at gmail.com. And you can, we'll just read your unpopular opinion on the show, give you a shout out, whatever. Um, leave us a quick review and rating on Apple Podcasts because it would help us out so much. Um, I always, when I find a new podcast, read reviews. It just helps me figure out what I want to listen to. And check out our website, InsideHogwarts.com. You can read a little bit more about us. And you can find all of our episodes posted there. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check back every Tuesday for another episode of Inside Hogwarts.